Hi, I'm Roger Craig, and this is Historically Minded. Uh, today on Historically Minded, I'm talking about the Battle of Chickamauga during the Civil War. Now, the Battle of the Chickamauga in that location uh, and I, we have a, a connection. I have a family connection. My family on my mother's side is from Chickamauga. So I, as a child growing up in the panhandle of Florida, would often take trips up to Chickamauga to see my grandmother. While there in Chickamauga, we would travel up to Chattanooga, Tennessee to go to the skating rink. And in going from Chickamauga into Chattanooga, you had to travel through the battlefield for the Battle of Chickamauga. Now, I have to admit, as a child, I, I was not a fan. I, I did not like going through a graveyard, and especially at night when returning from the, from the skating rink. And, and, and it's dark outside. You don't want to go through a graveyard. But after growing up and becoming a student of history, I can appreciate the significance of that battle and uh, how fortunate I was to be able to go through and experience that. So uh, your, your per perspectives change from time to time. Before we get too deep into this, that, that battle took place in 1863 and it contained a lot of uh, famous generals. So let's run down that list of those generals. Um, at the top is General Braxton Bragg. General Bragg has an installation, an army installation named after him. Um, his opposing general was General William Rosecrans. Also fighting in the battle was uh, William Sherman. Sherman had a an army fighting vehicle named after him. Philip Sheridan. Sheridan also had an army fighting vehicle named after him. Leonidas Lafayette Polk has an army installation named after him. Uh, the famous Nathan Bedford Force was also in this battle. John Bell Hood uh, had was in this battle. He has an army installation named after him. Uh, James Garfield fought in this battle. And this interesting name, States Rights Gist or Gist. Now, I don't know if it's that hard G or soft G, but the name is, is just very interesting to me. So when, when reading the name, I felt like this individual probably changed his name to, to reflect his views and his, and his uh, ideologies. But then in, in researching him a little more, I found out that that was his name at birth, his given name at birth. His father named him that to reflect his beliefs and ideologies. Now, I'm sure growing up with the father that uh, states rights just probably developed some of those same beliefs and ideologies. So his name probably matched very well. Right. Um, but he didn't have a choice in the matter. It was his dad who gave him that name. All right. So now let's let's get into the Battle of, of Chickamauga. Uh, why have a battle at Chickamauga? If you research Chickamauga, you're going to see it's not very prominent. Uh, there's, it's, it's a very small place. The battle took place at a, a small creek, the at Chickamauga Creek, which didn't have a lot of significance to it. So why have this battle at Chickamauga? Well, the answer to that is this. The Battle of Chickamauga is not about Chickamauga at all. The Battle of Chickamauga is about control and access to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee is known to be rich in natural resources. And at the time, it had railways connecting it to the rest of the country. It also has a, a large river that could be used for supply lines. So the, the Confederate Army and General Bragg believed it to be crucial to their war efforts and the Union Army felt the same that Chattanooga was crucial to their war efforts. So they went into battle in Chickamauga for control of Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
Now, the, the Civil War, one of the bloodiest wars on record. This battle would certainly live up to that. Right? General, General Bragg and the, and the Confederate Army, well, they would, they would end up winning, winning the battle. But they had already come into contact with each other, General Bragg and General Rosecrans. General Rosecrans uh, had, had bested General Bragg during the Tullahoma campaign. And now they're here meeting again. But in this one, General Bragg would come out on top. Um, they, they fought in this battle of attrition, which led to a very, very bloody battle, which you know contributed to the, the reputation for the Civil War being one of the bloodiest, battle, bloodiest wars on record. But this battle of attrition really worked in, initially worked in General Bragg's favor, right? General Bragg had more troops uh, than General Rosecrans. So the battle of attrition, if you have more troops, then you can win that battle. So in the, in the initial fighting, General Bragg comes out victorious. General Rosecrans retreats to Chattanooga. General Bragg remains in the area in and around Chickamauga. And then there's a stalemate. General Bragg tries to tries to starve out the, the Union Army that's in Chattanooga. But in doing so, he also starts to starve his own soldiers. Now, as a, as a leader, an army leader, if you have the, the faith and confidence um, of your troop, right, they believe in you, they can withstand some of those things. But in General Bragg's case, his soldiers didn't like him. So he was not only disliked by the Union Army and Union leaders, his own soldiers didn't like him. His leaders had lost confidence in him because he had lost, like I told you before, he had lost to General Rosecrans in the Tullahoma campaign. Um, but he had also had losses in, in Kentucky and in uh, at Murfreesboro. So uh, he had lost, the, the leadership had lost confidence in him. So with all of those losses, why was he still in, in office? Why was he still in position? That is probably due to him saving uh, President Davis's life at one point. And it is believed that that is what kept him in position for as long as it did, because he was not a very well-liked individual. Okay. So the at the end of the, the ballot, Chickamauga, the stalemate is happening, and there are some skirmishes that start to happen. These skirmishes become just as bloody as the Battle of Chickamauga itself. And these skirmishes also become uh, a battle of attrition. They're, both sides are losing lots of soldiers. Um, but remember, the I told you that General Bragg had more soldiers. But General Rosecrans had reinforcement that he could call upon from the north. So the longer that this drew out, the more soldiers that General Bragg lost, the more soldiers General Rosecrans lost. But General Rosecrans was able to rebuild and refill his ranks. General Bragg couldn't do that. So the skirmishes, the, the, the Battle of Chickamauga and the skirmishes ended up costing General Bragg a lot more than it did General Rosecrans. So at the end of the Battle of Chickamauga and the end of the skirmishes, uh, it leaves General Bragg and the Confederate Army in a, in a severe state of depletion. General Rosecrans now has a, a reinvigorated force and with the Confederate Army being in that condition, General Rosecrans can now march almost unopposed down to Atlanta. 
take charge of Atlanta and then move eastward toward the Atlantic coast. And at, at that point, controlling that area and that much of the, of the uh, Confederacy, that is why I believe that this battle and the skirmishes that followed were the beginning of the end of the Confederate army. So there you have it. Hopefully uh, I was able to, to prove why I think it was the beginning to the end of the Confederate army. Um, and hopefully uh, I was able to articulate that well to you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this inaugural episode of Historically Minded. Uh, send me some feedback if you like. Let me know what you think. The, with this being the inaugural episode, there's bound to be some things that I can improve upon. So I look forward to hearing your feedback. Right. Try to remember to live in the moment, but never forget the lessons learned in being historically minded. <laughs>